There are some days that are so difficult and overwhelming um, that I, I really considered walking out the door. When I first came in, I couldn't handle the work pressure. I was quite stressed um, in my first month of teaching here. And I was just taken away with all the planning, documentation and procedures and policies of the New Zealand education system. I got so stressed in the first month that I felt like going back home. And I even said to my friends that I need to go back home. I cannot handle anymore. <laughs> and uh, everything seemed like a gigantic mountain in, in front of me. And I was there like a helpless little creature in front of that mountain. The first years of teaching are exciting and can be exceptionally challenging. Some days it's an adrenaline-fueled rush of lessons, meetings, and new relationships. You just heard two provisionally certificated early childhood teachers who were ready to leave the profession. So what turned it around for them? Having a structured, personalized induction and mentoring program with the support of a passionate and experienced mentor teacher. I, I, I did feel like I had a counsellor and, and that was amazing. So she was able to help me to, to stay with it. Yeah, take it one step at a time, just, just realign what's important to me, take a breath. And it's okay to feel these things, but, um, but just to to draw me back to what I value and what's important. In times where I felt completely undervalued and unsupported, she was there to offer that. My mentor, Shalina, has been very supportive, understanding, caring, encouraging, and very considerate with everything she does. She has become, she has actually become my biggest strength in ECE New Zealand. <laughs> Frankly speaking, I haven't seen a personality like her. I was so depressed uh, during my first month of uh, teaching here in EC. But when I met her, I saw a sign of hope. <laughs> she has those magical techniques which she juggles with so she juggles so well with so much respect towards towards every individual she meets at, at our center. Either it be the center manager, the children, the babies, or the other teachers. She is just so good. So I admire the way she challenges me with questions. <laughs> and the, the very big thing that I admire about her is that the way she makes me think for answers for my own questions. These two provisionally certificated teachers were matched with their mentors through the Teaching Council's Tuakana Tena Induction and Mentoring Pilot. In this episode of Teaching Today, we investigate some ideas of what makes an effective mentor and the impact it has for early childhood educators. We talk with two really successful mentor teachers, Jackie Sokoloff-Pearson. She's a teacher of over 30 years and a mentor to 10 mentees, or PIA, as we'll be calling them throughout the show. And Shalina Somani-Penny, a teacher of seven years and mentor to 13 ECE teachers. The two PIA you heard at the top of the show, they're Briley Schubert and Sumandana Chand. We are also really lucky to get some time with Barbara Watson. She's a PLD facilitator, an experienced ECE leader and mentor, and she recently completed a PhD looking into mitigating the barriers to effective mentoring. And 
And there was be fighting Jim Tommy here. So we went and visited the mentors and teachers in their Auckland centers. And the thing that was just, it was so great was their understanding of how effective induction and mentoring can achieve so much. This is one of the mentors, Jackie. Because the thing that I hear over and over again is that teachers are not feeling valued. So I think what my hope, my hope would be that mentoring new teachers would would be seen to be one of the most important things that we need to be doing because they are the tomorrow you know they're the tomorrow head teachers they're the tomorrow center managers mm -hmm. and they need to be supported yeah and it's been it's been really lovely sharing um, you know I've got 40 years of experience in this field and and to I didn't think that was necessarily valuable, <laughs> but actually it is really valuable. Um, and it's, it's great also that I have been most roles. I've run a centre, I've run a service, I've been a head teacher. I've worked in kindergartens, I've worked in private centres, I've worked in community-based centres. So I'm able to draw on all of that. Mentoring is actually really, really important and it's different from supervising. It's a different relationship. I think that is one of the barriers that we need to look at how we can get around because it is a different relationship. Um, and I often have the, I often talk about that I'm next to them. So I'm an ally. We have a goal and that's full registration and we will probably have to go quite a windy way to get there. Um, it's certainly not a straight line, and but I'm with them every step of the way. And the feeling was mutual. This is Briley, Jackie's peer. Oh, I felt a lot more focus um, and structure, just straight away the structure. I was a little bit um, lost with how to align my, um, for, for starters, the paperwork, how to, to, how to sort it. I, I really struggled with that. And then probably after my first meeting with Jackie, I straight away got it. So that was really nice, um, and it just I had overcomplicated things in my head. I was able to really uh, speak freely to Jackie in a way that I maybe did, couldn't have before. Jackie is extremely reflective, and uh, she will always bring you back to your personal um, values. So it doesn't matter how many overwhelming thoughts are going on, you, you, she will she will help ground you there, and, and you feel like you're in a safe place. Values. Everyone kept coming back to values, either their own personal ones or the shared values of the profession. One of the strong values I have is um, actually really valuing what they bring, their identity and who they are. So um, with my peers, um, Sim and Dana, a key thing was we had our initial learning conversations, which actually um, a key focus for me was about really getting to know who she was, um, where she comes from, um, coming from a teaching background in Fiji, that was um, really important for me to understand what she's bringing and for her to understand that what she brings is actually really rich and so from there we build on from that. Um, uh, it's a concept of ako, like teaching and learning, sharing together, learning from one another. Um, I think if you get that right and you get you really value their identity, I think down the road, um, you know, even 
the peer when when they're actually teaching and they're practicing, um, they're actually going to find that of value for their tamariki. That they, you know, they were they were valued. So hopefully along the way that they would see the importance of that. That's Shalina, one of the mentors, speaking about the values she brings to her mentoring style. She also talked quite a bit about the values that underpin our code, our standards, and how they guide her as a mentor. We look at um, whakamana, um, empowering my learners. Um, So, for example, um, empowering them to actually take the next step and take take ownership of their teaching practice. So we had an example where, um, you know, one of my peer... I encourage them to take the leadership role um, of introducing the quality practice template uh, within a staff meeting. So, so actually taking that leadership role, being empowered um, by their mentor to actually say, hey, you can do this, and it's going to be a collective input from your team. Um, that's one way. Having come up through you know, many different roles within the sector, um, I'm really keen that teachers are valued, um, that they grow, um, that they actually see this work as, you know, these values that underpin our work are so important. This is actually spiritual work, in fact. We're holding the mana of children. It's an incredibly important job. It's actually one of the most important jobs. So I, you know, that is absolutely part of who I am as a mentor, and I bring that every day to the work. It's, it's fundamental. And that in itself helps a teacher feel valued. Because if she or he can feel that, that what I'm doing is truly, truly in my bones important, rather than just this is an idea that it's important, then she will bring that integrity and that manakitanga to her practice. The, the, uh, the code, our code of values is, is, it's sort of where I start because how, how I am with the teacher is actually how I hope that they might be with the child or with their colleagues. So I need to walk my talk and, um, and, and I probably don't do that all the time and that's fine. Um, so, so coming at it from those values, and especially in terms of tataako, in terms of manakitanga and wānanga and whanaunatanga, those things are absolutely rooted in me, and so I bring those to the relationship. For me, that's absolutely part of all of these values, in term, especially in terms of manakitanga. Um, and so I get curious, and I often talk about that, around, like, I'm curious about how how you how you marry Tefariki with your center philosophy and tell me about that like tell me about what's important guiding a peer to think and reflect has led them to feeling more confident and empowered mentoring has changed from being advice and guidance to more educative and reflective both of the peer we talked to said that they were a bit lost when it came to unraveling our code our standards and applying it to their everyday teaching having a plan and some thinking time before a meeting with their mentor helped it all click into place in their heads here's the peer riley and sumandana it's not just on paper that it has helped me it's also just um, my day-to-day interactions kind of every little thing i do i seem to have 
kind of my professional practice or the code running through my head um, and and Tataiko as well has become a lot more second nature to me now yeah all of that's a result of the pilot we constantly talk about the code Tataiko and um, and my practice constantly and and in times where I've maybe been frustrated or had difficulties she's helped me see that I just need to align myself with the code and that will see me through yeah she definitely it, it helps with with um, putting everything into perspective just need that support of somebody to, to break it down to help you to break it down you know like she won't break it down herself but she'll help you to to do that during my first month I did not I just didn't know where to start and where to end with coaches but as I went along with Shalina to discuss the books now like now am I I'm in a position to tell others that what the codes and standards actually mean and how can I relate it to my teaching practice yeah mentoring is a very good uh, opportunity for all the teachers because you because through mentoring you'll be able to go the, go to the next steps towards your full registration and know what is happening like uh, to get your folder ready for registration and then know actually what you are doing in your practice she has encouraged me to do things and uh, like keep children as your focus keep children as your focus and not your folder so while keeping evidence of your formal induction and mentoring program is really important there's actually several different ways teachers and mentors can work on this Barbara Watson, who I introduced at the beginning of the show, the PLD facilitator, experienced ECE leader, and mentor, she's really passionate about the possibilities of induction and mentoring. She said it's about so much more than accountability. One of the things that I often see is um, PCTs and mentors thinking about the induction and mentoring process as an accountability. And it is. There's the requirement that teachers come to meet the standards by the time they um, apply for full certification. But it's it's um, also a professional growth process, or it should be. Um, and as a byproduct almost of that professional growth, the accountabilities don't take care of themselves, but but it, it's a, a, a natural outflow, if you like, of a strong professional growth focus. As mentors are working with provisional teachers, using the code and standards actively to uh, identify next steps, to evaluate where they're at in their practice and to identify the next steps so that the process becomes about improving your practice as opposed just to proving that you're meeting the standards. And I also think that the place of the code um, is important, not that you have to evidence the code per se, but I do think it needs to be a focus of discussion and and reflection in, um, in an induction mentoring program because it's about how the how teachers be on an everyday basis and you can't turn off and turn on being a teacher that those commitments that we carry with us all of the time and everywhere um, not just in the centre not just in our working hours so I think that that's something that that uh, 
all teachers need to be aware of. A programme um, needs to have a strong focus on the everyday work of teaching and, and children's learning. Um, so there needs to be time, which is always challenging, but designated, scheduled time for the mentor and PCT to discuss practice deeply, for them to have reflective discussions about practice, to pull practice apart and put it back together again. Francis Langdon in the Induction and Mentoring Guidelines it talks about um, deconstructing, co-constructing and reconstructing practice and I think that's really at the heart of the work. Um, I think uh, it's really important to have some time for formal observations, not just the working alongside, um, working together observations, but where a PCT gets really good quality feedback about their practice to shine the light on what they might not be aware of and to be able to have the discussions together about what that means in terms of moving forwards. A really important part of an induction mentoring program is that teachers' practice is, um, is evaluated against the standards rather than seen as either meeting the standards or not, a, a sort of a polarity, a, a binary view, but the coming to meet the standards and developing and continuing to develop over time. So improving the outcomes for tamareki is obviously a big part of teaching in ECE and mentor teachers support their peer to reflect on their teaching practice and develop related goals or set up an inquiry. Mentor Shalina said that she and her peer, Sumandana, started out having rich conversations. Shalina really took the time to get to know Sumandana and what was important to her, what she could bring to teaching, and she used that as a foundation for co-constructing an inquiry question. Here's Jackie, the other mentor's take on goals or inquiry. So the initial conversation template is a very useful one. And so I, that, that actually takes quite a while to get through in terms of doing it in a real and in-depth way. And out of that, there, out of that, there's always some juice that comes of like, oh, I'm really interested in that. I'm not really, I don't feel I'm, I'm as developed as I could be. And that's something that's really interesting. So I'm always listening out and indeed often will ask. So, you know, where is your interest? Where's your interest? Because the inquiry, well, it has to be something that the teacher wants to do themselves, otherwise it doesn't really work. And indeed, so I come at the, the code and the standards I'm bringing in all the time, but it's coming at it from the teacher's interest. Um, I don't ever look at the standards and think, oh, what can I tick off today? No, I, I mean, for me, that's just... Well, that isn't how I work. It's in our professional relationship and it's in the professional relationship and the goals that the teacher is having that we figure out how we can meet the standard. Jackie also made the point to us that the inquiry focus was totally connected to a teacher's appraisal too. I always ask what is the appraisal system within the centre when I meet the centre manager and I say to them that I want whatever we do the teacher and I collaboratively on her inquiry um, goals, 
that that counts towards her appraisal because we're they're all so busy I mean it's a tough job working with children for eight hours a day is tough in itself and then the the challenge of making sure that teachers have non-contact time is really really a serious issue at the moment so everything that I do I want to be able to that that's part of the appraisal and so that all of that's evidence of her learning and growing and trying things out and you know learning focused culture and design for learning and all of that is is going towards that and that's really really important for me because I know that as a teacher sometimes that what that wasn't the case when I was a teacher and so there were, I was doing lots of extra work that I actually didn't really need to be doing on one level so I guess having come up through you know many different roles within the sector um, I'm really keen that teachers are valued um, that they grow So we're getting close to the end of the show, but to finish off, we asked everyone we spoke to what their advice would be for a mentor and a peer. This is what they had to say. If they're your dedicated mentor, um, then and you have a set time allocated per week, then I think that's really important. We had a few barriers, but the major one was uh, our time factor, because our timetable in the center is such that uh, we cannot fit in the mentoring time properly so most of the time we used to work after working hours we had over phone conversations and uh, um, outside working hours to discuss our goals and discuss our mentoring luckily my mentor was so good sometimes when you know family family commitment children get sick or something then we had to look for some other time, cover up uh, during a phone conversation also. Communication is the major part. For a mentor, it's really important that she has her own mentor because I need to walk my talk. So I actually have two people, one of whom is a very old colleague who's still in early childhood, and the other one is actually in infant mental health. And I have regular times with them. They, They might be informal, but one of them is formal. I, I take this really seriously, so I need to be doing my own work. And that is also around me continuing to look at my own assumptions about people and you know, different cultures. And we've, we've got a wide range of, of cultures now who are working with children just as we have a wide range of children who are receiving early childhood education. So there's always things to learn. You know, walk the talk in terms of, if I think back to, you know, being a newbie teacher in the late 70s, I was well supported. And um, that person who supported me, who's now 87, I still have contact with her. She was a really important person in my life at that time. And... What was so beautiful about what she did was she was affirming, she was so positive about my practice and my possibilities, and she asked the tough questions. Um, And so I had a good role model from her, and we need to remember how it was for us when we were fumbling around and we didn't really know what it was, um, what, what quite it all meant. 
But in terms of a, a repair, my advice to anybody who needs mentoring is just go for it. But also to be really choosy. That if, if it doesn't feel as though you can be yourself and share whatever needs to be shared, then find somebody else. You know, for me, the advice I'd give would be to actually really value what um, the teacher comes with, what the PCT comes with, valuing their identity, what they come with, the knowledge they already have. So I say to a lot of um, the teachers that I mentor that may have had some mentoring already, I say to them that what you've already had is not to be discounted because there was something along the way that was that must have been quite rich that's informed your practice today. And it might be something that you've just put on the shelf, um, a bit of a few gems that may have been given to you and you've put on the shelf, but they just actually might evolve through this lot of mentoring. So it's not to discount anything anyone brings, it's actually looking at it through a real growth mindset and looking at it that um, this is a journey and you know things happen along the way in due season. So just valuing that. One of the things that I would like to see mentors support provisional teachers to do is to reflect on evidence rather than to think of reflecting or reflection as evidence. So many ECE teachers that I come across think of a reflection, you know, a piece of writing often in um, a reflective model, and that that is evidence that they meet the standards. Well, in my view, often it's not strong evidence that the standards are met, um, because reflecting, reflecting is a process, not a thing, and it should be an ongoing thinking about practice and refining practice as a result of that thinking. What's most important is what happens after the full stop at the end of a reflection not that you've written a reflection. So I think that's something that mentors need to keep in mind, that reflection doesn't all need to be written down, and it doesn't need necessarily to be written in a reflective model, but it needs to be that process of thinking deeply about our practice and what that means for what we might do in the future. Another thing um, about using the standards and um, as a as a key reference point, key measuring stick, if you like, in an induction and mentoring program is to keep the Treaty uh, or Waitangi standard on top and uh, a foundation of all practice integrated through all areas of practice, not a, a bolt-on or an add-on that you evidence sometimes. Mentors themselves and and in their work with PCTs need to support PCTs to think about to treat your Waitangi standard being fundamental in our practice, integrated through everything else. When we're talking about our practice and thinking about our practice, we need to keep using all of the standards, but perhaps Tiriti or Waitangi in particular, as a um, what else does this standard tell us about what we might need to think about in our everyday work. 
Thanks for listening, and thanks as always to our contributors, Jackie Sokolov-Pearson, Shalina Somani-Penny, Riley Schubert, Sumandana Chand, and Barbara Watson. Send us what you're thinking to Let's Talk at teachingcouncil.nz and check out our mentoring and induction resources on our website. And while you're there, have a look at our other podcast episodes. I'll leave you with these final wise words from Barbara. Teachers reflect on evidence rather than use reflection as evidence. And use the standards to improve your teaching, not prove your teaching.